Hello, I'm Ben Eshmade and welcome to another edition of the Academy of St Martin in the Fields podcast. In this episode, we speak to one of the greatest clarinetists active on the classical circuit today, Martin Frist, who joined the Academy on tour in Europe and in concerts in London at the end of January 2017. The moment the silence starts to vibrate, slowly goes into a sound. The thin line between the silence and the sound, or the, the shadow land there. There's somewhere there, that's the clarinet. So We talk through the programme, which includes Copeland's famous clarinet concerto, alongside a collection of folk-influenced dances from Brahms, Bartok and Tuzvosky. This is a part of what I'm doing now. It's all about folk music and it's very inspiring. Martin's career to date has led him to some interesting places, which, alongside being a soloist, he has pushed the idea of a concert, including spoken word, conducting and even beatboxing in his native Stockholm. But I started by asking him about the Academy recording, which inspired him to pick up the clarinet in the first place. Yeah, so I was playing violin when I was uh, five years old or something. I wasn't actually so good at that. So we moved at that time up to north part of Sweden and I got this recording from my father with uh, Jack Primer and Academy St. Martin in the Fields playing Mozart Concerto. And I was totally mesmerized and I was listening to that recording over and over again. So I started to, to play the clarinet and after some months I was practicing the slow movement of the, of the concerto. So that actually was the start. Academy St. Martin in the Fields was the, my, my inspiration and Jack Primer, of course. I just did a, an interview with the New York Times when I was there last week, and we spoke about the clarinet and also, of course, the start with Academy St. Martin in the Fields and the Mozart Concerto. And they were into asking me for, for, for what is the soul of the clarinet. And I always say that, that Mozart was the real one who, who blew life into the clarinet and, and invented a, a, the soul or invented a very important part. But then I, I also got into this, what, what is the, the, the soul of the clarinet if you don't talk about the specific piece? And uh, I think, well, I like sort of a thought that came to my mind and that was something around the, the moment when the, the silence starts to vibrate uh, and uh, slowly goes into a sound uh, and then makes a crescendo to whatever uh, dynamic and in that, uh, the thin line between the silent and the sound, or the, the shadow land there, there somewhere there, that's the clarinet soul. And I think it was quite interesting way of, of, of finding the soul, and I, I like that thought. Maybe now is actually a good point to ask your opinion on how you see the, the Copeland clarinet concerto in comparison to the Mozart. I mean, is it a sort of brother or sister, perhaps? Well, I mean, as we said in the beginning, we, we the Mozart, if Mozart invented the clarinet, the soul of the clarinet with his concerto and also was um, the one who started to treat the clarinet in a totally different way than it has been before. All the lyrics, lyric side of the clarinet was... Uh, 
thanks to Mozart. And of course, all the music history then was affected and, and all the composer who followed Mozart was affected by each concerto. When it's come to Copeland, I'm not sure because Copeland was writing to Benny Goodman and uh, it has a fantastic quality with this extremely long and beautiful first movement, almost eight, nine minutes slow movement. When it comes to Copeland, I, I think it has other qualities, and say so that more more towards folk music and more towards jazz, of course. But again, it's a very important part of the clarinet solo as well, because these first two notes with the with the sounding E to to D, it's a very promising start, and it's it's just two notes coming again from actually nothing. It's just start to vibrate from nothing and. It's such a beautiful way of presenting the clarinet. That's half of the concerto, more than half of the concerto, this wonderful long line, uh, which is the first movement. Um, but then, of course, he moves into a much more tricky, rhythmical, jazzy parts, which is not so close to Mozart at all. When Benny Goodman performed it, he, he found some of the elements a little bit tricky, so he negotiated or, or, or simplified some elements, which obviously you, you don't have to do now. Well, what, what happened was that Copeland came with the first version, uh, and people are still playing the version that was sort of corrected to Benny Goodman. I think I was the first one who recorded the original version, my, my latest disc, uh, well, my latest uh, Copeland disc, with the Australian Chamber Orchestra, and I do both of the versions. So one, one the version that we are playing, and one was the first manuscript, the, first, the original version, which is actually only uh, higher in the end. He exchanged the clarinet part to the piano part, so we put in the piano instead of the clarinet in the end, and the, and the clarinet does uh, other things in the end. But to be honest, it was, I think it was quite a good change, and, and Benny Goodman was probably right even if it was too difficult for Benny Goodman it was a good change and I do some of the high notes when I play in concerts but I don't do all the all the original things because it was simply a good change that that Copeland did and he, I think he was happy about it. His, his concerto, probably it was extremely difficult for Benny Goodman when he got the score. And that is how it should be. And, and I think also that's part of the history. I, I used to say when I talked about the Genesis that it's not only we who are, are influenced by the past, we are also influencing the past by doing what we are doing with the music that is already written. And I think Copeland is also an example of that, of course. We, now we have recording for, from Benny, so we know about what he was doing, but we 
always sort of reincarnate the music when we do it. And, and I always have been the, the person who looked at the past and, and wanted to do. My latest recording, I try new techniques, everything from singing, playing, and beatboxing, and circular breathing, and everything what I can come up with. But in the same time, maybe in 10 years, everyone will do this. So you are part of representing your own time, and, and you are. it is for sure composers... Uh, most important thing is to represent their own time and to try to challenge their musician. I'm not a jazz player, but when it comes to jazz, I think, because I've worked with jazz players, and what is very clear, again, to compare with the music history and classical music, if you look at Bach, Mozart, Beethoven, Mendelssohn, they were all great improvisers. They improvised whole concerts sometimes. Beethoven was famous to pick up themes from the audience and uh, uh, making a whole con concerts with improvisation. And uh, so was Mendelssohn and, and Mozart, of course, Bach. And nowadays it's a, it's a lost thing in classical music. If I could start over again, I would probably, and know what I know now, I, I would probably try to add an element in my, in my education with uh, improvisation. And I think that, that I started to do now, actually. Sometimes do encores, uh, which I'm improvising in. to talk about some of the other pieces on the program you've got some other folk music what were your thoughts behind um, what to include so Brahms is there uh, Klesmer and Lutoslavsky Stans Preludes and Copland in Bartok uh, case it's also an uh, arrangement so it has uh, another touch as well it's going back more to the roots of, of of the actually Romanian dances, but also the arrangements are in very much Bartok style. So if he tried to be more folky, these arrangements should try to be more Bartok. So it's, again, a transformation. But I like this way. I think it even sounds more Bartok than Bartok himself sometimes sounds in these Romanian dances. <laughs> Going back to the, the klezmer, your your younger brother Goran arranged this. Is that is that fun working with your family? Uh, yeah, it's all. I mean, it's family, and it's uh, well. I don't. I'm not sure if the reason that I'm working with him is because he's my brother. I think he. We started with just a tryout uh, because I like this "Be Happy" tune, and I said this is the first klezmer tune I ever heard with Gora Feidman. And uh, so we didn't ask Gora Feidman to do it, but we just did. A, uh, he just did a very fast arrangement of it, and it seemed to work very, very well. So then we started to work together. So I think the reason is that he's doing it very well, and it's of course it's fun to do. And he's also trying to put to add some other element that is new to all this arrangement that he does. The, the 
Lutoslavsky dance prelude is also, of course, a masterpiece. And uh, it's also back to some basic uh, folk music in the same way it's extremely complicated to do with orchestra always. I've done it a couple of times, but not, not very, very much, I have to admit. So I've done it, um, uh, first time I did was with the Konzertgebouw Orchestra, and then we have, then we have a conductor, and it, it uh, was a very exciting piece to do, and, and difficult to, to get together, because it's the complicated rhythm, rhythms. You obviously enjoy moving on the stage. Music's obviously flowing through you. I think it's important not to be static. That's that's not in my body, and and I get afraid when I get uh, static. So to communicate with your uh, with yourself as a musician, I think that's important, and and uh, that's what we should do with an orchestra. If you are in an orchestra, or if you are in as a soloist or a conductor, I mean, conductor does it all the time, of course, but. I'm fascinated by communicate direct with an orchestra as now we are doing now with the, with the orchestra with, with Academy St. Martin the Field and how fantastic that could work and I'm not sure what that energy is if it's if it's a combination between sound and, and movement or if it's only the sound but it's it's a very very important energy which goes between musicians and and they all have to be on the on the edge of the jazz and, and the super fresh ears all the time. That, that is a fantastic way of making music, uh, I think. That's like chamber music, actually. So, uh, and the whole academy is like uh, uh, that kind of group. Are you looking forward to the concert? It's obviously a great thing to go from hearing the academy to to now be performing with them. Well, it was. I always enjoy enormously to play with them, and uh, as you said, the starts. Of course, I didn't know that I was too young to. Well, I, I remember I saw the re- cover of the recording. I saw that Neville Mariner was conducting and so on, and uh, then got the opportunity to work with them. It was. I mean, it was fantastic. Uh, uh, opportunity and, and I was thrilled the first time. Also to work with Neville, which I did, but not with the orchestra. It was also some kind of historical moment. That was in Japan, so that was not, that was with NHK, I think. We have been working there a couple of times and every single time it's, it's a musical meeting and it's a very important human human meeting, I think. And, and they, are, they are a fantastic musical family to, to be a part of when you are on stage with them. I'm Ben Ashmade and you've been listening to an Academy of St Martin in the Field podcast. I hope you enjoyed a glimpse into the head of clarinetist Martin Frist. Do please get in touch via our official Facebook page or on Twitter at ASMF Orchestra. Using the hashtag ASMF podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can hear Martin Frist performing the Copeland Clarinet Concerto alongside the other music mentioned across Germany and the Netherlands on the 29th to the 31st of January 2017 or at Cadegan Hall in London on the 2nd of February. If you wish to book tickets for these concerts, find out more about the Academy, or support our work by joining the Academy Friends, please visit asmf.org. Thanks for listening.